Live from the NextCast Phanthropological Institute, we're talking about Super Hulak. Welcome back to Phanthropological. I am Nick G, and today I, along with my two best friends, am going to talk about the fandom that is Super Hulak. Here they are, Nick T. Uh, you can refer to my Tumblr at nerdy Super Hulak dash Dalek two twenty one B. And Nick Z. Uh, Tumblr, what's that? I thought this was a MySpace fandom. Oof. Oh boy. Oof. We're See? really we're really getting the fans' eye view from Z's perspective this week. Mm-hmm. What's MySpace? It's like Friendster. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's like Friendface. It's it's a good place to find uh, cool links for LimeWire. <laughs> Shh. And on the DL, my DL's <laughs> on the DL. Uh, this week we are taking, I guess, a little bit of a historical look at a fandom. Not that the fandom is is uh, dead per se, but it is definitely changed over time oh yeah we didn't we didn't realize it's fate when we when we decided to do this topic yeah but uh we uncovered a lot much like nicholas cage in national treasure Ooh. i still haven't seen that what does he uncover i don't know i haven't seen it either there's, oh. there's a secret map on the back of the constitution and it leads to like benjamin franklin's gold or something oh is there a, is there a secret code on money too i think that's the second one the Illuminati. Uh, as long as as long as it's in there. Another famous Nick. Shout out to yep. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yep. Th- th- thanks for listening. But uh, as as we were talking about, um, we're talking about Super Hulak, which is really unusual in that it's, uh, you know, normally we'd dive right into fandom facts. Fandom facts. And I would mention, you know, the origin of the thing. But as it turns out, Super Hulak's origin is in the origins of three other fandoms uh, supernatural sherlock and doctor who three things which we covered this past season <laughs> or a past season or i'm going to make more work for z when he does the editing season three yeah during season three of the podcast um in terms of the fandom's origins uh people had kind of latched onto this idea of the the three fandoms either being linked or just like the general vibe of the the science fiction, supernatural, uh, deductive reasoning, whatever that may be. The first tagged Super Hulak post on Tumblr appeared in August of 2011. Uh, the first Super Hulak fandom, uh, sorry, the first Super Hulak fanfic was tagged on Archive of Our Own in August of 2012, which is a year later. Uh, though it's possible that some stories first appeared as early as January 2012, uh, either on fanfiction.net or elsewhere. Um, what's interesting about Super Hulak fandom is that its whole shtick is uh, it's usually about saving the world from an impending apocalypse something so serious that it only makes sense to enlist as many superheroes as possible to stop it so the Doctor and his assistants Sherlock Holmes, Watson, Sam and Dean Winchester and uh, the Angel Castile as the case may be and apparently occasionally the avengers i saw that and it just made no sense because i couldn't find it backed up anywhere did, did the guy who played agent colson appear on sherlock or doctor who or or supernatural because i mean that's the only connection i can think of um so without getting too much into the why i don't think that has anything to do with why it is a um it became a thing like it's I, not it's not yeah. a tommy westfall thing no there's i don't think there's any connection like some people were saying, oh, the, c- the connection between Doctor Who and, and BBC Sherlock is, you know, BBC or um, the mm-hmm. writer Moffat. Yeah. Stephen Moffat. Mm-hmm. And the connection between Doctor Who and Supernatural is this idea of, like, spooky sci-fi, etc. It's like, okay, kind of. But, like, as for why all three are a thing, I don't know. We'll definitely come back to that. Um, in terms of when it was most active... Uh, the fandom was most popular in the summer of 2014, in particular during mid-July of 2014, 
which coincides with Dashcon. Oh man, we're gonna talk about Dashcon. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would come up in some other context, but t- today's the day. We're gonna pay the piper. Um, interest was maintained in the fandom from about June 2013 to du- January 2015 before it started its downward decline. Um, this is all based on Google Trends data and a little bit of historical information from Fandlore. Um, the fandom lives almost entirely on Tumblr, but it also crops up in YouTube and DeviantArt and places like that. Uh, I couldn't find a lot of information in terms of other fandom data because I suspect it's a small fandom. There are about 300 fanfics on Archive of Our Own. Uh, And I did find some related parody fandoms, although they're obviously jokes. (laughs) Uh, B Shrek Test in the House. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Okay. Hang on. (laughs) Can you say it again, please? B Shrek Test in the House. Okay. You got the B movie. Yep. Shrek. Yep. Okay. Yes. Test. Bear in the big blue house and something Johnny Test. I think it's Johnny Test. Uh, in the house, I didn't Mon- recognize Monster that. House. Nope. Uh, I think nope. in the house is a TV show, like like one of those uh, sitcoms. Okay. Like okay. blank in the house. I don't know who it is. Got, gotcha. Uh, there's also Rise of the Brave Tangled Dragons. <laughs> that one seems more uh, straightforward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rise of the Guardians, Brave, Tangled, and... Um, and How to Train Your Dragon? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, and this was just something that I saw on Tumblr, but I thought was funny. Uh, star, 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 Legend of the Seven Stars. Uh, the, the, pic- oh. the picture had Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate, uh, and I couldn't identify the fonts of all the other stars. Star Fox <laughs> is one of them. Uh. Ooh. And then the last one, obviously, being uh, Super Mario RPG. Dang. <laughs> I'd play slash watch it. Man, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, that's that's all that I dug up for this week's Fandom Facts, because we're dealing with a very specific kind of fandom this week. Well, it's interesting, right? Because you're like, oh, it's three fandoms in one. Except it's not. It's mm-hmm. it's It's one fandom. <laughs> It's its own fandom. I, I mean, kind of. From I mean, if if I was just a Sherlock fan, I would not be interested in being part of this fandom. <laughs> I, yeah, that was definitely a recurring theme in what I was reading. That people who were fans of just one of them and on Tumblr were getting pretty fed up with seeing Super Hulock stuff flooding their dashboards. Well, I can definitely see if you're subscribed to like tags on Supernatural or, or Doctor Who and you get things you're not expecting. That's fair. And I guess hard to avoid on something like Tumblr. But um, beyond that, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know the level of involvement that it's showing up in these people's dash, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, obviously, the way that I consume media... I wouldn't really be concerned because I wouldn't have a flood of things coming in from one particular <laughs> media fandom. But maybe when you've got your dash set up, you're like, ah, I just want Supernatural. I don't care for all this Super Hulak. My understanding after doing the research for this episode is that Tumblr operates in floods. Ooh. Hmm. Um, well, this actually reminds me of taking taking the Doctor Who part. Yeah. When Doctor Who had spinoffs. Oh, and- uh, Torchwood? Mm. It, well known that I love Doctor Who. I couldn't give a crap about Torchwood <laughs> or Sarah Jane Adventures. <laughs> I don't care. And for a while, it was Doctor Who fandom, or, or or the Doctor Who fandom I was experiencing, was littered with stuff about those other two shows that I don't care about. I have to assume that it's something like that. Probably. It sounds like it was similar to that in terms of what people were, were seeing show up on their dashes. As far as Tumblr operating in waves... Not only did I look up Super Hulak, I, I, I looked into uh, Tumblr and Fanlore as well. Hmm. And the the point of Tumblr in terms of fandom is really just like amplification. Like, there's not a lot of discussion. Like It's reblogging, right? 
yeah yeah okay welcome yeah. to the welcome to the next cast are a bunch of old men that's right <laughs> it's yes. just like like here's a bunch of crazy gifts mm-hmm. revlog add a gif yeah Vlog, add a bunch of exclamation marks you know <laughs> and just just like a like a bullet through tumblr mm-hmm. just uh flashing in everybody's everybody's faces yeah so it was definitely sort of the perfect uh the perfect field for super hulock to really take form because apparently super hulock's uh medium of choice were gift sets that's like were put together in such a way that suggested that the characters from the different shows were interacting well and, and gifts are a really good way to do that right because people often make gift sets of of just a tv show and put the the actual quotes of what they're saying yeah so it's not unlikely that you take that, put it next to another GIF, and just change the text because you won't know. That's GIFs don't have audio. We call those videos. <laughs> so so that works really well. I tried to watch some of the Super Hulak trailers and I applauded the efforts that people went to, but they often came across as just like random cuts. They uh, they weren't the level of Working, working back to my days of making AMVs, <laughs> I remember watching some of the competitions at Anime North and having them splice like Bubblegum Crisis and Neon Genesis Evangelion together. And, and while it wasn't mm-hmm. seamless, you really got the impression that a lot of effort had gone into making that work because it's two different styles of animation as well. Um, but a lot of these trailers just seemed like hard cuts between scenes. So it's kind of not super convincing. I mean, the one the one uh, critical ingredient that's missing is the will to believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you want it, the trailers <laughs> work great. Yeah, that's true. Why? The biggest question when I was doing the research was why these three things or four things. I quick I actually quickly learned that it's. It's not just those three things. It's an arbitrary number of those things. Yeah. That's what I was trying to try to figure out why Doctor Who, Supernatural, and Sherlock became Super Hulak and not just like any other crossover that exists. It's it's strange because, I mean, with, uh, with Doctor Who and with Supernatural, you can say that there's a pretty strong connection there because they both deal with sort of sci-fi, fantasy-ish things and like there's some folklore and mythology thrown in there from time to time um and doctor who and sherlock makes sense because same writers or well, same right same head writer i mean that doesn't make it make sense well i mean it, it at least joins it together somewhat same but like same writer same production company same production team well similar production teams like it's not it's not similar along the same plane but it's still like oh because i mean at the core of this to me anyway the impression that i got was even if it was just a bunch of fans sort of collectively fantasizing about their dream TV show, their dream crossover TV show, like, on the one hand with Supernatural and Doctor Who, you've got that working because of thematic reasons. On the other hand, you've got Sherlock and Doctor Who working because, like, the real-world considerations are there. The writers, the, the producers, or the production team and whatnot are all kind of already sharing efforts in a way. Or at least putting yeah. putting their efforts in, into those two things, so like it definitely seemed like Sherlock was the odd one out. Yeah, because you know the other two take place in like a sci-fi sort of fantastical world. The world of Sherlock is ours. Yeah, yeah. Although I did see the point brought up that the uh, Doctor Who reboot and Sherlock are both sort of modern reimaginings of old classics. Which again isn't. They're both they're both modern reimaginings of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> essentially, essentially, yeah. Actually, I found it really interesting. Um, in the in an article called uh, "What Are the Odds of Supernatural?" or sorry, "What Are the Odds of Super Hulak Actually Happening?" from uh, 2014, uh, uh, somebody had uh, had written up this article, and in it they talk mostly about Moffat. And his responses to the fans, because his first response was, it'll never happen, and he gives two very specific reasons. The first is that, in the universe of Doctor Who, Sherlock Holmes is fiction. And then in the, uni- in the universe of Sherlock, 
if you if you were to introduce time travel, then time travel would then be a factor in all of the cases, or at least it could be a factor in all of the cases that Sherlock would have to solve, making it much more complicated. She's going to say that in the world, in the world of Doctor Who, Sherlock is fictional, and in the world of Sherlock, Doctor Who is fictional. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. <laughs> there's that it's as a well. Para, para box situation. <laughs> Yeah, although I did find it interesting that in that same article they point out that later on Moffat was like, I mean, it could it could totally happen, everybody. It's just like, it's not me keeping keeping it from not happening. It's everybody else on this, this production team here at the BBC. Nobody else wants it to happen, but I could do it. No one wants to address the elephant in the room <laughs> yeah. of why, why isn't Super Hulak happening. <laughs> well, I think Moffat had kind of pulled back a little bit and said, yeah, we could probably do it, but nobody else wants to because it, that was probably around the time where he was just kind of getting a lot of heat from Doctor Who fans and probably a little bit from Sherlock fans for, you know, the way he writes women and his stories being too convoluted and all this other stuff. It would it would be perfectly in keeping with Supernatural's tone. Uh, maybe Doctor Who, definitely not Sherlock. No. Like, if they were to do it, they would do it on Supernatural, I would have to think. I was trying to, like... Even when you just take those three things, I have a hard time connecting the dots, but it gets even stranger when you try to add the Avengers. To me, it just seems like, well, these are things that are popular and let's let's make those into <laughs> its own thing. But at the same time, there's some critical element that makes Super Hulak its own well-known popular subculture as compared to any other crossover. Potentially, I think it is... It's not something I, I read anything about, but just pure speculation on my part. I think it's important to at least bring up the fact that with Supernatural, you've got a TV show headed by two hunky dudes. In uh, in Sherlock, you've got Benedict Cumberbatch, who at the very least has a name that people at the time and even now love to uh, love to pronounce in various different ways, uh, you know, varying correctness. Um. And then at the time in Doctor Who, you had Matt Smith, who was uh, maybe as much, if not a little less than Tennant, kind of kind of like a dreamboat doctor for some. Yeah, I don't recall seeing any Patrick Troughton gifts uh, <laughs> looking through Super Hulak. Funny that. Yeah, but the attractiveness of the of the leading characters, I think, at the time was is probably a factor. All right, okay, all right. So you've got. Pretty people on TV mm-hmm. in current TV. Not ju- you're not just taking any random thing that exists. You're talking about things that are on the air, and yep. you've got this perfect synthesis. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember when the Avengers came out, but I wouldn't be surprised if that factors into that. Probably. Doing research on the air. When did the Avengers movie come out? 2012. Avengers two came out in 2015. Okay, so. Part of it was that it was probably out, or part of the part of it probably was that it was out, and then there's the excitement of building for number two. Well, maybe, maybe. Cause that sort of that sort of fits the timeline. If it's if Super Hulak was supposed to peak in 2014. That's tr- it's interesting that like oftentimes when we're talking about fandoms, we're fitting data to a curve, right? We're yeah. like trying to figure things out based on the information we have, which is. A ton of different artifacts which is like blog posts and news articles and whatnot and then just like mm-hmm. whatever little bits of data we have whether that be google trends or um like a small snippet of history just anything that we can kind of start to mash things together with yeah. it's like why is this oh maybe this event that happened at the same time correlation isn't causation, <laughs> that could be. But yeah that <laughs> could ping it <laughs> takes one person to notice something and then tumble it and then that tumble Tumbled. to be like super popular that that post to yeah, use maybe just, the proper term and then it, it tumbles all right so i think we have some idea as to why it is these three fandoms and a little bit as to why it's a th- it was a thing it's just kind of like a timeliness factor of of when things happened i, I think it was yeah i think it was really timing yeah a, a yeah. real timing thing is a lot of people were fans of all three at the same time while all three were going. Yep. 
and then it kind of lightning just struck. Yeah. And it managed to take off or reach escape velocity. Yeah, and the one thing that we don't actually need to talk about um, is why were people fans of those individual things? Because we talked about those this season. <laughs> uh, for the UT, yeah. yeah. To, our, to our episodes on each of the individual fandoms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I'm curious about then is if we know that, why isn't it still going strong to this day? Where are the fans? Where are the Super Hulak fans? Where are the Super Hulakians? That sounds really bad. It's just It's really long. <laughs> so I have got a couple things here. Um, I don't know if you guys were linked to fan lore, from fan lore to the post of, of, of someone saying, well, I would pay top dollar for a comprehensive source-supported explanation of how Super Hulak vanished. I definitely uh, followed that link. Yep. And if you follow that again through the notes, you get someone who's not like, doesn't have a lot of sources here, but but like some in-depth speculation. Ooh. One of them is Dashcon. We'll just put a, put a pin in for just... Just a little sure. bit. <laughs> just sure. a little bit. I just want to build the tension a little bit more. Dashcon. Um, Flashback. <laughs> so what? people are saying is that there's kind of all at the same time all the shows kind of hit a real big peak and according to, according to this if I'm reading the the nested things correctly mm-hmm. the official the official Vincenzo yep this uh, Tumblr user um, all, all three shows were kind of like peaking at the same time in 2012 2012 um, the, the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who Sherlock came back shortly thereafter <laughs> Dean became a demon or something I don't remember <laughs> yeah we all having not seen a lot of Supernatural that also was confusing when we covered that <laughs> yeah and they say the fans were worse than ever so takes me to a little um, little segment where fans little, are a little, little sidebar yeah because a couple things were mentioned in particular about mm-hmm. how how ev- what everyone else thought of Super Hulak fandom and how Super Hulak fandom was kind of a stand-in for Tumblr fandom in general. Yep. Uh, did any of you guys come across the Misha Apocalypse? I saw it mentioned, but didn't no. end up digging into it. No, I did not come across that at all, actually. So, the Misha Apocalypse... Wait, is it Misha Jensen or Jenkins? Jensen? Misha Collins. Collins, okay. Nope. Jensen Diff- Ackles? Yeah, sorry. I'm thinking of something different with Jensen Ackles. Yeah. Okay. So, here's here's a one-sentence blurb. Misha Apocalypse is an online flash mob event that took place across Tumblr on April 1st, 2013, in which hundreds of bloggers changed their profile avatars to a photograph of supernatural act- actor Misha Collins, originally taken during a panel at the 2009 San Diego Comic-Con. So not only did everyone change their avatar to Misha Collins, everyone changed their avatar to the same picture of Misha Collins. Huh. <laughs> Just for... <laughs> <laughs> Just for shiggles. Kicks. Oh, like it, was, it was April Fool's Day. April 1st. Oh, okay. that makes slightly more sense. Uh, <laughs> but that really uh, riled the rest of Tumblr up? Uh, yeah. Memes started very quickly to be like, man... Oh yeah, here's one. I'm not always Misha Collins. You you, you know you know what you're looking at. <laughs> the, the, the Dosakis dude. Yeah. With Misha Collins' face. <laughs> but when I am, I clog your dash and make you root the day you join this website. <laughs> it just like took wow. over everyone else's dashes on Tumblr. Oh man, oh man. Um, and Misha Misha Collins himself responded to Misha Apocalypse. The Misha Apocalypse is worse than an ordinary apocalypse. I've signed up for facial identity surgery, so I never have to see that face again. <laughs> man, oh man. So there's one. Yep. Okay, so that that's annoying, but like, <laughs> that's that's not mostly harmless. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, th- there's probably been worse things in fandom, like, you know, toxicity that's persisted for a long time like I don't, I don't know other fandoms that we might have covered that I'm not going to mention um, <clears throat> I so uh, that, that doesn't seem like enough 
like fandoms are rabid we have talked about fandoms that exist even though i would argue that the thing that they're fans of is is dead or dying like grateful dead mm-hmm. yeah but yep. they're still okay. fans Our- I'm not out of examples yet. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, So, so here's oh. a little here's a little Facebook chain. Okay, okay. Um, so this person posted on their Facebook: Tumblr equals boring. The internet must hate us. Um, someone else said I had mine for like 15 minutes and I just deleted it. And then someone named Amber said, "Shut the hell up, Tumblr's life." Then the original poster said, no, I made one, and five minutes later, I deleted it. Amber says, do not speak of Tumblr in any of this sort. No, I'm reading that correctly. Okay. And then she says, I'll post this on there, and they'll find you. Uh, this is quoted in an image, this this Facebook chain, and then posted to Tumblr by a user named Geekery Pokery. <laughs> Potterheads, grab your wands. Hoovians, hop in your tardises. Supernatural fans, get the shotguns. Sherlockians, hire consulting criminals. Tributes, knock an arrow. Avengers fans, assemble. Uh, LOTR fans, unsheath sting. We've got a few people to track down. <laughs> All right, so that went really that- fast from doxing from. Uh- <laughs> Harmless fun to doxing. Okay. Well, was the was the person who posted that that uh, Facebook chain image serious? Because that sounds like just something over the top and ridiculous to me. Have you been on the internet? Yeah, but I've also I also like to think I can understand sarcasm. Uh. <laughs> no, I have no further information. Right. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. I should re rephrase i don't think that person is actually suggesting we should go and dox this person but i think that person had the intent that this person should be punished much in the same way that that people will harass uh female youtubers or Mm. well just women in general everywhere all the time oh man yeah um so i'm not super actually we've seen how fans treat other fans Right. So I'm not super surprised that somebody is like, "Oh, you're bad mouthing this thing that I love. Therefore, I must destroy you." Mm. They 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 were they made to to make this person known that their comments are not uh, to be tolerated. Again, don't know if anybody got doxxed, yeah. but yeah. The, so those are a couple of the examples brought up in this explanation, and and then following up on that. Um there was a period where all of the shows were quiet. Right. There was like the various hiatuses for like a good deal. And they just like synced up. And, uh, the theory is like everyone didn't have anything new to consume and Mm -hmm. use up and gif or whatever. (laughs) So it's like the quote is, it was, it was like everybody simultaneously realized how toxic those communities were after they all got together in person and proved themselves to be a disgusting bunch. Right. Yeah. And so, like, they just kind of had the chance to look look around. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, yeah. Even uh, without even without that element of being in person, um, I also remember some of the people quoted on that fan lore page that you uh, referred to, um, just saying basically because of the the hiatuses of all three shows, people were rewatching them, and being more critical because it wasn't just the first time watching them they weren't watching while being while being high on the expectation and anticipation and excitement for a new episode of their favorite show Mm -hmm. they were able to see things like the way people were being portrayed the way women were being portrayed the way stories like were put together how things were maybe lacking or flawed I mean I I don't watch Doctor Who but um, both of you have seen Doctor Who and Sherlock, correct? Yep. Yeah, and I think, G, mm-hmm. it was you who was mentioning the, that Stephen Moffat often has a particular way of portraying women in, in a way that is not flattering. Yeah. 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 So I can imagine, yeah, you're going back and watching it, and even if you just pick that particular issue, which is, I'm sure, one of many, uh, you're like, oh, well, this isn't as good as I thought. And then the... F- once the like frenzy dies down you're like oh this could be better yeah then the fractures start to form 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that these are all horrible shows or anything, but just like you kind of see, you know, you step back from from like the cheerleading, and you're just like, okay, maybe I can watch this a little more critically. Well, uh, another good example of that in recent news is. Um People often laud Joss Whedon, and I'm not saying Joss Whedon is a bad guy. He makes a lot of very, like, pro-feminist kind of stuff, like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer as an example. But then, uh, recently what had come out is his example script for Wonder Woman, and it's apparently awful. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, it's just not very good. And when you have that situation where you start to see all these problematic elements of the show or of the the actors or things like that that also kind of like adds more fractures to the situation i think we talked about um jensen knackles a little bit mm-hmm. um how a little bit how he's kind of weirded out by the fanfic putting mm-hmm. him in different pairings to the point yeah. that people are like they're pretty sure that he's biphobic which itself is problematic mm-hmm. and uh yeah and so you just have all these different like little fissures in your love yeah. in your love of this meta fandom. Yeah. Yeah. It it's uh it came out a little bit before all three shows uh gaps synchronized. But I think uh elementary is also a factor, the T V show Elementary, which was the American like the most recent American series uh adaptation of Sherlock. And apparently one of the things about it that uh caused a lot of people in in the Sherlock uh, faction of Super Hulak, I guess, or Super Hulak itself, to really take a step back and think think about the, the fandom they were in, was that when Elementary w- was announced, or when it became popular, a lot of people in that fandom, or at least a vocal minority within Super Hulak, were outraged by it, because, one, you've got a woman playing Watson, huh, uh, the nerve, and two... <laughs> She's Asian. Ugh. Wait. So wait. Hold yeah. On. Apparently, apparently, on both counts, people were really, really angered by Elementary. I I had expected Which, people being sexist. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had ex- when you mentioned Lucy Liu, I'm like, yeah, of course, people are jerks and they'll be mad that she's a woman. And yep. then you're like, and because she's Asian, and I'm like, really? What? Apparently that was a thing. Apparently people realized how racist and uh, sexist the fandom was, and they kind of figured, well, this doesn't really represent me, so uh, so long. James Bond Just can't a- be black, guys. <laughs> 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 Just another thread coming loose from the uh, the tapestry that was Super Who Look. I could mix metaphors here. Ooh, I love sure. I love when metaphors get mixed. There's one missing puzzle piece from that tapestry. <laughs> and that is Dashcon. Uh for those Is it time? Is it time? It's, it it is time. I was going to oh, give boy. an extremely short history of of Dashcon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or rather an excerpt about Dashcon. Uh so Dashcon, originally called TumbleCon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, was intended to be the largest gathering of Tumblr users uh, ever to have occurred. Um, Dashcon, uh, to quote the FanLore article on Dashcon, which was itself, I believe, an excerpt from the Dashcon website, Dashcon will be a place where Tumblr users can express common site-wide interest in both fashion, art, science, and in the world of geekery. Specifically, the side of Tumblr we have garnered interest from has been the geekery side. This side comprises mostly of people who religiously follow various television shows movie series and book series um notable groups within this geekery side would be those who follow bbc sherlock cw supernatural and jk rowling's harry potter um blah 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 blah. we believe the people of tumblr deserve a safe space or sorry we believe the people of tumblr deserve a space of their own a safe space where they can meet their friends learn about what interests them and have as much fun as humanly possible in a weekend now (laughs) um after a series of unfortunate events but not mm-hmm. the good one on Netflix. <laughs> More like the bad one with Jim Carrey. <laughs> um, Dashcon came to be, uh, came to go down in history as a, definitely a, a con that didn't achieve its lofty goals. A <sighs> a live reading of um, Welcome to Night Vale, I believe, yep. was canceled. At which people. At which point people were promised, well, okay, fine, you can have an extra hour in the ball pit. The ball pit, mm-hmm. which was advertised oh. as this big thing, is actually just a kiddie pool filled with balls. Yep. It it 
it quickly. That's that's how I first heard about it. Mm-hmm. I remember when it happened. Yeah. Um, I like I'm not a I don't I'm not on Tumblr, but I remember seeing a lot of pictures of this ball pit. Yeah, the postcard style one. Well, uh, greetings from Dashcon, and it's just like people in what looks like a big gym with a little kiddie pool that has some balls in it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean. Some people have have attributed it to malice uh, or incompetence or a scam. I personally think, like most things, it's just incompetence. I've never run a con, but even just Mm -hmm. when I'm like, I'm going to make my own fundraiser with Chrono Trigger and other things, um, it's very apparent that there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I'm not surprised that if you tried to get together all of the fans of all of the things from Tumblr and put them into one space, that it's going to be hard to hard to organize that just logistically especially if you have no experience mm-hmm. and just to to get people there yeah apparently that was one of the biggest hurdles that they faced uh they were projecting 3000 to 7000 attendees and apparently only about 500 to 1000 people showed up that's actually not too bad that's a good turnout in in terms of in terms of like overall turnout like relative to i guess in general that's that's fine but because they were expecting such high numbers and they had like uh i guess rented is probably the best term uh reserved a block of hotel rooms but attendance was so low a huge like only a tiny portion of those hotel rooms actually wound up being filled up so as a result the hotel was threatening to shut them down unless they could like uh come up with 17 thousand dollars right, that was the in part. like a day or something ridiculous like that so that I, I don't know what that would be uh, chalked up to people's general sort of mistrust of uh, of small first time cons or people you know saying that they would go and then being like eh, I don't know this thing could be a scam and then pulling out the uh, the committee itself not promoting enough like there are so many different factors that could contribute to whether or not you get the numbers you're expecting to get but I think that was definitely one of the things that, uh, unfortunately, Dashcon will go down. Well, has gone down in history for aside from ball pits. They've they've not they've not done another Tumblr con since. No, no. They're going to, and then they didn't. Yep, yep. Sorry, as we were talking about this, I was reminded very heavily of um, Con Nobaka, and then I found <laughs> out that somebody had actually written up about it. The Mike Tool Show, who. Um, Mike Tool, who has a, a show called The Mike Tool Show on Anime News Network, uh, has a write-up about Kanobaka, and it's eerily familiar. <laughs> well, <laughs> the difference being that it's not about all of Tumblr, which in 2013 yeah. is much larger. Weirdly, I feel like I know more about Dashcon than I do about Kanobaka, despite despite <laughs> us being there yeah. while, it was, while it went down. Yeah. Well, I feel like I, I know more about what went wrong with Dashcon as opposed to what went wrong with Khan Novaka, because, I don't know, closeness, proximity, perhaps? I mean, I remember trying to find out after we got home from Khan Novaka. Yeah. But, uh, it was a different internet back then. Mm-hmm. Nobody was reblogging the answers. But after... So Dashcon was this this big linchpin in the downfall of supernatural or super hulak fandom so i I think what was supposed is that so you've got all you can already see the fissures starting to happen because of the hiatus because of the things being problematic um Mm -hmm. because of i already said the hiatus you know just people noticing all these these bad things about the fandom then you have this big hype this huge event quote huge event um maybe you get people together in the same room and you start to realize, you start to see the cracks. You finally see them. Mm-hmm. You start to see the toxicity. Maybe somehow you had avoided it, but now it's all on display. All of the problems of everything, it's all there. In a ball pit. In a ball pit. <laughs> and you have some choices. You can distance yourself from it, or you can try to defend it, I guess. And most likely, you probably decide to distance yourself from it. And by distance yourself from it, I, I also mean like just let go, because not all fandoms are forever fandoms. No, definitely no. not. I don't know how that no. hasn't come up yet. 
<laughs> like we talk about all fandoms like people love things forever but we haven't talked about you know sometimes people transition in or out of a fandom yeah i'm not quite yeah. as deep into dragon ball z fandom as i was no but no. you're still aware of dragon ball super i am aware <laughs> of dragon ball super i may elect to watch it are you aware of the new fighting game that is being released um <laughs> no well let's not talk about it now all right then <laughs> Sounds like something for me to do quietly by myself after we're finished recording the episode. <laughs> but yeah. so like Dashcon maybe is just like the beginning, like the end of the end, the beginning of the end, like the beginning of the end. A, a spike in the end, perhaps. I mean, because I, I remember seeing on that uh, same page on Fanlore where they collected a bunch of people's reasons why Super Hulak collapsed. Um, some people had mentioned that it sort of started to go downhill after Dashcon, but it, it didn't really die out entirely until around 2015. Yeah, and I, the Google Trends data kind of supports that, but there is this mm. giant spike which coincides with Dashcon, and then, you know, it levels off, maintains kind of normal stuff for about six months, and then starts to really just make its downward trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, the show's changed, too. Um, yeah, they didn't have a sexy doctor anymore. Yeah, yeah, they went back to having an old, well, an old doctor. I don't know what else to add there. The best um, new series doctor, you mean? Whoa! <laughs> she at the next guest dot com. <laughs> All hate mail directed there. <laughs> yep, and Supernatural had been going on for almost ten seasons at that point. Some people were thinking they were out of ideas. Um, Sherlock. Sherlock was only ever three weeks at a yeah. time. Yeah, so not much to say there, except I guess maybe people weren't crazy about how they just sort of waved away the fact that Sherlock should have should have died at the end of Reichenbach Fall or at the bottom of the Reichenbach Falls. Not not in, not in the BBC series. Not, no, no. But I mean, like um, they spent a whole episode kind of waving down fan theories and ideas and such. I would direct you to our episode on Sherlock if you want to hear more. Yes. <laughs> about that in particular i think i talk about it for a, a fairly long time yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i th i think also there's just like natural fan pressures that help to pull things apart so one of the articles that i had read the article on the daily dot super hulak fandom um i don't remember the article name there was an article on the daily dot which i think was kind of one of the peaks of super hulak fandom which talks about how some fans who were fans of all three fandoms, man, I've used the word fan in, all, in the same sentence a lot. When you had the single fan, uh, no, I've said it too many times now. It's, it sounds weird. <laughs> the words lost all the meaning. words lost all meaning. <laughs> when you had people who were part of only one group, but enjoyed all of the shows, that's better. That works better. Uh, they weren't happy seeing Super Hulak. Not because Super Hulak was bad or because they didn't like Super Hulak, but because, you know, they didn't want to see it everywhere and because they just want to enjoy their one fandom. Yeah, it didn't reflect their interests. Yeah, I and I think those are just natural fandom pressures. Like when we're at an anime con and somebody's really into something, you're like, I'm not, go away. <laughs> like, like, just in general. And, uh, yeah. Because the norm, like, I, I don't say the normal attitude, but... I think the general attitude should be when somebody likes something, you're like, cool, I'm going to go do my own thing. Yep. But in this case, mm -hmm. you've, you've got normal fandom pressures of like, what is the right way to profess your fandom? Yeah. Yeah. And then that gets in the way of things and that creates tension and people naturally avoid the, the friction and conflict that gets generated. And then you just naturally start to get people backing off. The fandoms must be pure. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> that I did not intend that to be. I wrote down fandom purity and then I, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you can send all that hate mail to G at the next cast. Let's just all agree that uh, oh boy. the combination of those three fandoms was incorrect. We've got to go back to the back to the drawing board. Come up, come up with another combination of fandoms to create the master fandom. Oh and, no, uh, no, yeah, then we're good. No, right? I thought you were going somewhere good. Why? You just made it worse. <laughs> you took a mistake and made it into deliberate action. 
may I suggest some sort of Adventure Time, Steven Universe, Gravity Falls uh, crossover? Or maybe even some officially sanctioned Rick and Morty slash Gravity Falls. That's a weird one. It's very (laughs) weird. That's a weird one. Adventure Falls Universe? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I'm looking it up. Adventure <laughs> Falls Universe. It sounds like a thing. I'm going to get a theme park. Um, okay. Over the Gravity Falls. Over the Garden Wall and Gravity Falls. What? Universe. Boo. Okay. Adventure Falls. Alternate Universe. Um... This is on Know Your Meme. That's still legit. They do research. Yeah. Okay, it's just a picture of Dipper and Mabel dressed like Finn. <laughs> okay. These are not... These things are out there. Yeah. Oh, with, yeah. With with some other stuff, like regular shows in there, Kim Possible's in there. Um, bunch of stuff. Oh. Yeah. The, the internet is where. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the internet likes crossovers. And I, I think that's the most interesting about Super Hulak fandom. It's not that somebody decided to mix up these things. It's it's kind of like the first quote successful, one of the most successful examples, I guess, where people took transformative fan work and made it semi-legitimate. Like legitimate in the sense that people knew that it was a thing. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was enough of a thing to be distinct from the things that people were transforming into it. I think I think why it worked like because each fandom on its own is really big and really active. Yeah. Um, and then you probably have, you know, a large crossover in the middle of people who like all of them. So it was just like, and again, timing. Yeah. When all shows were hot, you know. Yep. They were all hot. Um, Fans were either in in their high school high the high school years or twenty something, so they had like relatively large amounts of free time. They could mm-hmm. watch a bunch of stuff, blog a bunch of stuff, reblog a bunch of stuff. Yeah, um, I mean there are frillions of crossover art and yeah. and t shirts. <laughs> that's how, that's how you make a nerdy t shirt, by the way. Take two things. <laughs> <laughs> Take two fandoms yeah. and mash them together. Yeah. But I I don't know if any of them are going to become super who luck. And it's weird that it's three <laughs> and not just two. Yeah. It, it Yeah. It seems like the connections go between two of them and then they just like turned into three because, you know, Doctor Who and Sherlock go together. Doctor Who and Supernatural go together. I, I guess there's a thing there because maybe Sherlock like the dark creepy alleyways of mystery that Sherlock explores are similar to the dark creepy highways that the that uh, that the bros explore no nope. yeah. no man it's that you've got a big apocalypse and the only one who can figure it out is <laughs> is Sherlock because he's a genius he's a hot genius <laughs> Heck yeah! <laughs> and then when he's when he's like lost all faith in himself, you got good old John beside him. That's True. right. Two brothers. Two <laughs> brothers. <laughs> I think we've gotten a pretty good idea of, of Super Hulak fandom, but one thing that I have to have to go way back to, way back to our Sherlock episode. I may have said some things that I don't regret, but I do have to bring up now. Ooh. Somebody made this this quote of what we said. That somebody was me. That's I basically make work for myself. That's my job. Um, dig your own grave. Yeah, I've, I've, nah. I dig it every week. I had said, hey, what if Sherlock Holmes was a baker and Watson was his housewife? If that fanfic doesn't exist, please send it to nickatthenextcast.com. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody didn't send it to nickatthenextcast.com. Thank you for not following the instructions, anonymous person. <laughs> Boy. Anonymous person being Luppy Space Cosplay. That's right. Uh, what? Who sent us a very, very, very short fanfic on our Instagram photo of that? That was the quote image for that. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to read it on air because that's what we said we would do. Also, because it's fun. 
And if you don't like fun, why are you listening? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Jane Holmes, nay Watson, sighed as she shifted the day-olds to a bin labeled Baker Street Irregulars. Her husband <laughs> was a gifted baker, to be sure, but chasing down a mysterious Pavlova... Yeah. Is that what that is? Mysterious Pavlova didn't exactly pay the bills. That's a thank you, Luffy's Face Cosplay, <laughs> for that. I really like the reference to Baker Street Irregulars. There's a lot of clever packed into that uh, paragraph. It's not quite tweet size, but it's uh, it's almost there. Yeah. What is a Pavlova? Uh, Pavlova. Some sort of ice cream. It's made, is like it made with egg whites thing? or something? It's part Maybe? of the show where we Google Pavlova. <laughs> like I have a vague idea of what it is, but not a good idea. No recipes. <laughs> it is a meringue-based dessert named after Russian bar- ballerina Anna Pavlova. Oh, it's got all kinds of fruits on and, and a crust. Oh, it looks good actually. <laughs> yeah, main ingredients: egg whites, caster sugar, fruit. Hmm. In roughly a cake shape. Fascinating. Yeah. So, if you have the means, grab yourself some pavlova. <laughs> I, I've mm. included this in the sources now, don't I? I think you do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Other people know. That brings us to a new segment. Uh, that is the verdict. Uh, that that's right. We're doing the verdict, which is where we. Not exactly pass judgment on a fandom, but try to, I don't know, summarize it, try to give a, a quick like final, feel for it. Final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts of it. Uh, they don't have to be cohesive. We can all have different thoughts on it. It's like headcanon. <laughs> it's Ooh. like final thoughts, final oh, thoughts headcanon. Boy. I, th- I think that, that Super Hulak fandom is inactive. And when I say inactive, I just mean <laughs> it is... A fandom, it existed, it still is known, and there's some participation in it, but it's basically, for all intents and purposes, dead. I think it's very hard for a fandom to be entirely dead, and that is why I'm saying that this one is inactive. Uh, I I haven't figured out entirely what separates it from other crossovers, but uh, I, I'm going to go with that. I, just, I think the best way to sum it up is just that it's an inactive fandom. And it probably will never come back to the same prominence that it was. It was a moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for the longest time. Whoa. Uh, when, I, when I was a kid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, I hated, hated having the food on my plate, touching any of the other food on my plate. <laughs> and well, I will begrudgingly allow some foods to touch on my plate now uh with fandoms i'm still not interested i you know i don't i don't really need it to mix i don't need i don't need your chocolate on my peanut butter <laughs> um like if i'm if i'm if you know i'll cycle through my enthusiasm for different fandoms throughout the year depending on what's on depending on what i've discovered you know i'm rewatching game of thrones i'm really all about that right now so when I want when I want to dive deep into a fandom, I just want that one around me. I don't want anything else. So even though, even if it was during its most active time, I wouldn't be interested in this. However, um, you know, uh, a candle that burns twice as bright burns half as long. And I th- I I get the idea of this is something that's like special that I'm a part of. Because, as I said before, I don't think we're going to see anything like it again. Not quite Not not quite in the same way. And because it was so active and there are so many other people you could talk to about this very specific thing, I, 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 th- I, I get the appeal. I get the, you know, you know, this is my thing. My thing is these three things together, but what if they were all one thing? To concur with T, it's, it's, it's pretty much gone. It's not doesn't have a strong presence anymore it's echo remains uh it is you know people know what people know what super who is 
yeah uh, a lot of other cross fandom names you're gonna get a lot of confused looks um i i like that it happened um but uh r.i.p super hula <laughs> yeah there is really n- no way to uh to not concur with what's been said. I mean, I could, but I don't. There, there are no grounds for it. It is definitely an inactive fandom, if not an utterly dead one. And I say that behind a little caveat because I feel like it is not just from a moment in time. I think it's also from a moment in people's lives. I think, I'll, not necessarily all of them, but a lot of the people who were involved with the Super Hulak fandom probably were in their teens, early 20s, <clears throat> thereabouts. And, like, it was just this perfect confluence of these three shows being super popular and having something of a legacy to them. Sherlock, because it's just classic. Doctor Who, because it, it had been around for about six years, six, seven years at that point. Um, and Supernatural, because, likewise, it had been around for about six, seven years when Super Who Lock really kicked off. And then you've also got Tumblr being, you know, only four years old, which isn't exactly its first year of existence, but still, I it, think, young it, enough that, it, like... It's when a lot of people on the internet kind of got what it was about. Yeah. And, like, yeah, harnessed Tumblr, it. Yes, yes. People finally understood what Tumblr really could do. So all of this stuff just kind of piled up on top of each other. And then the result, as they all squished together, was Super Hulak. And I think another part of it is just that it was, it's maybe reflective of like a generation or maybe just a segment of people who felt empowered by that. And maybe some, as a joke, maybe others entirely seriously, and then everybody else somewhere in between. But I think as a group, the Super Hulak fandom, to some degree, did want the show, the movie, even like the five minute webisode to happen. And then, and like at least one element, I think of this fandom was a bunch of people getting together and saying, wouldn't it be cool? It would be like this. All right. So I'm going to throw this little curveball in there. Cause it just occurred to me now. Sure. Um, how do you think of this fandom in relation to uh, new criticism? Uh, vis-a-vis the author is dead hope this is where i bow out (laughs) (laughs) because like they're like you know it's 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 those trailers it's those gifs that show you know Mm -hmm. we can link these worlds together but at the same time waiting for official permission to do so well i don't think the fans were waiting for permission i think the fans were hoping that uh that stephen moffat uh i guess version two where he said yeah we could do it but nobody else wants to no, no, that's what I mean. They yeah. still want the okay, right, from from up top. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Moffat also wanted the okay from the other actors who were not very interested. I feel like he was as... just being lip service to them. I don't think he really intended on doing. I'm with G on this one. <laughs> TMG. Yeah. Bottom line, like as much as I think that a big element of it was that people wanted this to be a real thing. I don't think they were necessarily like beating down um, Stephen Moffat's door saying give us super who luck or or we'll stop watching or whatever you know like I think it's something that it's it's maybe one step down from that happening it's like a big collective dream Hmm. that everybody was participating in to various degrees and like with their with their fan art with their fanfics with their gifts with their fan vids and I don't think the author was being killed in any, in any of those instances because like Sherlock had already been adapted a bunch since uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle had created it. Uh, Doctor Who at the time was a reboot of the classic series and a bunch of the fans who were from the Doctor Who faction probably didn't really care that much about it because their Doctor Who was the 2005 Doctor Who, mm-hmm. but there were some spin-offs. So already you kind of had this sense that Doctor Who is sort of authorless. Mm-hmm. And then with Supernatural, the original, uh, the original, tr- the show's creator 
um, bowed out after the fifth season because he told the story that he wanted to tell. So again, you kind of have the author removed from the equation in, in almost all three, well, I would say in all three cases. So there was no author. These properties were just kind of like entities that had sort of become maybe not sentient, but their own entities and maybe on some strange collective subconscious level the people in Super Hulak picked up on that and thought oh man we could totally do this and make sense and this is the all time these, all these yeah all these heroes come to get to bleh, could come together to save the day in a grand old movie there is one more thing whoa oh. I would like to do is but the spotlight for this episode is the Organization for Transformative Works. Hey! Who run both fan lore and archive of our own, among other things. Uh. Um, how many times have you heard us mention those things on the podcast? <laughs> Every uh, week. Uh, so the Organization for Transformative Works, OTW, is a non-profit organization run by and for fans to provide access to and preserve the history of fan works and fan cultures we couldn't we could not have done have have near the amount of information for this podcast let alone this episode yeah if we didn't have fan lore yeah <laughs> uh, like they provide so much like detailed history sources to everything um that, that helped us so much in our research finding out about fandoms like this um mm-hmm. so uh, if you would like to like to donate to them, you most certainly can. It's transformativeworks.org. If you want the specific link, transformativeworks.org slash how-you-can-help. Um, and donate, because they're doing, they're doing really great work. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so please seek them out and give them, give them a hearty, th- hearty thumbs up with uh, with your donation thanks for listening everybody hope you enjoyed this episode if you're listening to this and were a part of super Hulak, please let us know what that was like yeah nick the next cast nick at the next we would love to hear about <laughs> about your experiences mm-hmm. from inside the fandom and how you feel about it now actually yeah, that'd be really fascinating to hear about. Yeah, we, when we approached this episode, I wasn't sure if there was going to be enough, but uh, there was enough. Yes. Thank you for listening to our, our Super Hulak episode. Uh, hopefully we can um, come up with some other other cool, like, little... I think this is probably the smallest fandom we've done uh, up to this point. Uh, yeah, probably. I, maybe there's another word, more, most niche, or something like that. But, uh, if only there were a fandex that spelled mm. everything out for us. Well, we can dream. We can dream. Uh, until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Timothy, stop that. Yeah, Z. <laughs> no, just... it's like somebody says something and he's like, yeah, that thing you said. Well, Z listens, yeah. with, Z listens with his mouth. Yeah. That's the opposite of listening. <laughs> but he's not, though. He's not going like, well, back to my story or my point. <laughs> oh, boy. It's acknowledge that people are being heard. But in terms of text, there's a little thing that tells you when people have read your post. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbund. Brenda Dirk Crample Scrunch. Did you pull up a generator?
No. Well, I mean, I found a bunch of funny occasions of (laughs) Buttercup Cumbersnatch. Burntus Land Cowdenbeath. Wow. Whoa. Some news or media site actually had Benedict Cumberpatch. (laughs) Blueberry Pumpkin Patch. Bonky Horde Cutie Brunch. (laughs) In a recent New York Times interview, Bandersnatch Cummerbund. The best thing about when Picnic remembers snacks is that anyone who has spent five minutes on Tumblr can remember his name, even if it is warped beyond all reason. 